0: This morning, complete in Christ, the book of Ephesians. If you brought the scriptures, got your tablet, got your phone, get it over there to Ephesians, chapter one. I think we'll go verses one through twelve. We'll see how time does, okay? But what we want to do is we want to look at this chosen and redeemed. Ephesians is six chapters long, a hundred and fifty-five verses, can be read in a very short sitting. And if you just take it like half a chapter or a chapter at a time, it's not a lot there. But oh my goodness, you begin to unpack this, it is explosive. It is powerful. There's so much to mine out. We'll we'll be doing this up to about Easter. We're gonna be walking through the book of Ephesians together. I went back and look, I, I keep catalogs of everything that I do. I just I love files and folders and I love systems and, and 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 I love to teach the word of God and I just want to know, I said, man, when was the have I did I ever teach the book of Ephesians? You know, of course, I've done overviews. I've done, you know, so many different things and topical series and full of the scripture. But I said, did I ever do Ephesians? And I had to go back 15 years. How many of you were here 15 years ago? Just raise your hand. Okay. So you've heard this. No, you haven't. No, this is all new. But 15 years ago, I began to unpack this book and I thought, man, this would be a great book for 2018. So I just encourage you to get into God's word, get in, get in the study with me. And, uh, man, feel free to ask questions. Ask questions in your small groups. That, man, that's one of the reasons they're there. But this morning, as we look at this, I want I st- to make a statement, and I want you to finish it. Will you do that with me? You don't know how blank. You don't know how good... What? You got it. Let me say it all together. You just don't know how good you've got it now how many feel like that this morning honestly like I don't know man you know I got this morning I kind of have some aches and I didn't feel very good my nose was running and my kids said you got boogers or whatever and I said man mom go back to the door go back to the house dad you can't Willie there dad you don't match whatever but I want you to just stop and think about the spiritual truth if you're in Christ if you're in him you don't know how good you've got it and I thought We're going to unpack the riches of Christ in this series. And we're just going to walk through this. It's called expositional teaching. Doug, one of our worship leaders here, Doug loves expositional teaching. And it's kind of easy in one sense for a pastor because you know exactly where you're going. Instead of having a hot uh, topic and and it's full of the scripture and full of the word and you're going here and there. But when you do expositionally, you, you go through this and then when you stop there, then you pick back up and you teach all the way through. There's this church called Calvary Chapels across the world, and they're powerful churches, and they're known for expositional teaching among many, and I, I like to vary the diet. I like to do topical, I like to do expositional, but for this season, and some of you go, oh, I love this pastor, and some of you go, I didn't particularly like that so much. Well, it'll change, okay? You know where Ecclesiastes says there's a season for everything there is? Now, I just made some notes there for you. Look, look at the back of your worship guide about the church of Ephesus and how it flourished and what it did in the community. And in the middle of that, you see some word. I want you to circle it on your worship guide. Christ is central. He's in the middle of this community. He's in the middle of this book. He's in the middle of the word. And as we look at it, Paul writes to the people there of Ephesus. And the people of Ephesus had a a number of pastors that pastored there. And one of the pastors was Paul. And I think, man, that's that's a pretty incredible deal. But as you look here, God, uh, it talks about, in Ephesians, the work of Christ, but also about how God views you and me. Now, there are some key words that I put right there in your notes, and I'll try to walk through some of these. And when you look at that, it's mind-stretching. How many of you came this morning and you want to think? How many of you came and you got your mind ready to embrace and to expand? And how many of you came and you just want to be spoon-fed and you don't want to think and you just want to laugh and you want to feel good? Well, you came on the wrong Sunday. No. I, I hope we will laugh. I hope we will enjoy. But I do want you to think because what, I'm gonna, some of the things I'm going to talk about today, theologians have battled. We have written papers and seminaries over these issues. People will continue to take on and on. And I, I'm going to try to delineate. I'm going to try to talk about some of these truths. And the whole goal is just to get you thinking. How many of you think Christians are thinkers? I do. I think God's given us great minds. The, the Scripture teaches that we have the mind of Christ. But Ephesians is known as an epistle. It's a short letter from the Lord. It, it, you know, Paul is attributed with how many books in the New Testament? Anybody know? Thirteen. He wrote a majority. You know, how many, uh, how many of you know how many books are in the New Testament? thank you you passed you can go home now no 27 let me tell you real quick here's here's how to do this how many books are in the bible very thank you miss susan boy she knew her bible all right 39 what is three times nine Uh uh-huh how many books in the new testament 27 how many books in the old testament 39 Nate woo good job Hayden Okay, There. All right. so look here. So this is good. So 13 letters, these books, and God wants to stretch us. He wants us to kind of dig into the Word here and look about uh, what it is. Now, here's what I say to you in Ephesians and for us today. A lot of people are malnourished, and they never take time to read God's Word on a daily basis. They don't take time to mine it, to study God's truths for themselves and to practice them. And one of the goals as a preacher is that you want to teach God's Word, but it's not just enough to hear it from an orator, from a person on a stage, or hear your favorite podcast. You have to go and begin to read it for yourself, and read it over and over, and begin to meditate, and begin to chew. Now, as we look at this section today, it's not a long section, but it's got so much, I mean, we could stay there forever, but some people have called the book of Ephesians the bank of the believer, that God has made heavenly deposits in His Word, And here, particularly, we talk about in this series, Ephesians. And he wants us to withdraw from the deposits that he has made into his word that we might be spiritually rich and not some paupers or malnourished or or kind of sucking wind here and diminishing here. The the book of Ephesians, you can just write to the side, the book of Ephesians is a book about inheritance. Now, a lot of you, don't, don't raise your hand if your parents are here, but how many of you ever think about inheritance? And I hear this sometimes, people go, don't spend my inheritance. Then I have other people go, you ain't got to worry about it. We're going to spend all we got, and then y'all just do what you can when we get through. But God gives us a rich inheritance in Jesus Christ. And if you're in Christ this morning, you're in Him, you're positionally connected to the Savior, man, your heritage is eternal. It's rich in the heavenly realms. So as we look at this, we talk about uh, the riches of His grace. The word grace, I think, in this book's 12 times. It, it, it's more than enough. Uh, listen to this. In Christ, 27 times the inheritance of His glory, the fullness of God, this magnificent work of God, grandiose concepts, fullness, riches, wealth, deposits, resources. That's what Ephesians is about. And God, as you read these truths over these months together as we study God's Word, my prayer is that these truths will become a part of your fabric, of your spiritual DNA, and not just some lofty theological terms, but they they come dear to your heart. You begin to rest in them and and see the strength of Christ. Some other words, if you work all the way through Ephesians, I'm just going to give you these three words, and over this series, they'll make sense. Sit. Walk. Walk and stand write those words down sit walk and stand and god will talk to us about these three positions that we should take as followers of jesus and i hope that you'll look at that and you'll see that he wants us to have a walk worthy of him then look right there in the middle of your worship guide and we'll talk about these in a few moments aren't these words if you just want to argue with somebody just go what do you think about predestination I promise you, you get get people of different camps than you're in. You get the Calvinists going hard against an Arminian. It it cannot get Christ-loving if you don't have the right attitude. Adopted. I love that word. Chosen. Election. Just look at those words. I'm going to just even do some study yourself thinking about these words. I I read this story. I thought was interesting. It was in the Los Angeles Times several years ago. And there was a man and his wife, and they died in their apartment in their 50s. They, they found, they, they, of course they died, so they found them dead. And they took an autopsy. And on this autopsy, you know what it revealed? They died of malnutrition. And as the police went in and did their investigation to see if there was foul play or whatever, and then they discovered it was malnutrition, they found these little bags all over the apartment. They began to open the bags up, and guess what was in the bags? Money. They found $40,000 cash in these people's apartment. But it's like they didn't know what they had, and yet they didn't even buy food. They didn't even get nourishment for their bodies. They didn't realize the riches that they had at their disposal. Then I read another story. She was known as America's greatest miser. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am not a miser. Turn to the person next to you yeah and a lot of you went man they already knew that i didn't have to tell them okay she died in 1916 listen to this when she died her estate was worth over 100 million dollars i'd call this a rich woman wouldn't you but what's interesting and you can imagine in 1916 100 million dollars was unbelievable but listen to what she did she was so tight she ate cold oatmeal every single morning because she thought it was too expensive to heat the water to warm it. Her son had a severe leg injury, and guess what she did? She went around looking for a doctor that would do the surgery for free. Because she waited so long, her son had to have his leg amputated. But she was worth $100 million i go sick (laughs) she didn't know what she had and i can tell you story after story but here's what i know if you are a christian you're a follower of jesus you are so rich in the beloved and some of you don't act like it you're like i'm just i'm like miss hetty green i'm just gonna die of malnutrition i don't have anything how many of you believe you're rich this morning yeah. Uh, well, I didn't say if you're uh, financially rich. I said, are you rich this morning? The church said, yeah, you're rich. You're rich in Christ. Somebody were like, no, man, you, you're talking to the wrong congregation. We're not rich. No, we are rich in in Christ. And here, Paul, he wrote so many of his books and he writes this particular epistle from a prison cell. He's got all this focus on the Lord. He's given away. And you read about person after person that begin to come to faith but let's let's begin to just look at god's word together look there in verse one paul an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god to the saints in ephesus the faithful in christ jesus it's a basic salutation that paul will start off many of his letters many of his epistles something very similar to that and he gives greetings and he wants everything to be well and he goes, and I am an apostle. I'm a disciple. I'm one of Jesus by the will of God, and, and that's good and safe. And he goes into the saints in Ephesus. To the saints in Ephesus. Now, here's what's interesting. Let me let me back up for a minute. Ephesus is a community of about five hundred thousand people. Half a million people. That's bigger than Montgomery County, surrounding areas. Basically, they tell me that our hospitals in Montgomery serve a region of about half a million people because it begins to draw out Detroit and other regions. So half a million is a lot of people. There's a lot of commerce going on there. There's a lot of uh, there's a, 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 a temple prostitute or a lot of temple prostitution going on which really sounds kind of weird today if you like showed up and there's prostitutes outside the door but there was all this sexual sin and immorality was rampant there was all this commerce i found out in studies there was one uh, there was a major university there in ephesus at this time and and these pastors that were there here at the church of ephesus you had paul then you had timothy and eventually you had the apostle john that when he comes back he, he ends up going there and preaching. So they, they have some uh, strong spiritual leaders, but they also have a lot of decadent uh, behavior, a lot of sin-filled uh, situation. and so. But the, he says here, to the saints. So I want, you to, I want you to circle the word saints in your Bible. Did you know you are a saint in Jesus Christ? Now this morning, had we come in and had I said, Saint Doug, how are you doing this morning? you I said, he lost his ever loving mind. And then if I'd have turned to April and said, hello, St. April. And then we, and let's say we added somebody on the uh, worship team and said, hello, St. Mary. We'd have been all spiritual, wouldn't we? No. But you know what? We really are saints. Now, we, we did have a person. I don't even, I can't even make stuff up this good. We had a guy. He was our oldest member. And I remember the time I met him. I said, what is your name, sir? And he looked right at me. He goes, my name is St. John. And I thought, and at first, honestly, I thought he was mentally ill the first time I met him. I thought, well, yeah, yeah I mean, that's great. You're St. John, but, you know, give me your name. He goes, my name is St. John. I fought in World War II. I was at the Pacific. I said, okay. And, and then he wrote, St. John. That was his name. Did part of his funeral. I love, how many of you remember St. John? Didn't we love St. John? Awesome man. Love Jesus. And that was his name. He's the only guy I've ever known. In my life it was actually his name was saint but let me tell you your name is a saint and here when he says saint he's really talking about those that have faith they're trusting in christ so if you're in christ you're a saint you're saying but i don't feel like a saint i don't act like a saint well it might be time to repent and have the behavior that matches what you confess but you are a saint If you've received Christ, then you are. Now, look here. Then he goes on to verse 2, grace and peace. Grace always comes first. As a result of experiencing grace, guess what is the byproduct? What always follows grace? Peace. When you and I experience the unmerited favor, the unmerited love of the Father of Abba, then we experience peace. You know, I pray that for y'all all all the time. I pray for the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts and minds. I've been praying a, a lot right now for Jan. At our house, we call her Mama. I pray for her to experience the peace of Christ at a new level. As she finds herself in this reality of life, that is, as she walks through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will trust my God. As she finds her body being weak, Christ is her peace. I, I love this. So we, we look to him. Here, here's a thought i just throw out there sometimes we might struggle and in this book I hope we can there's a are are you familiar with the term identity theft sure And we shred, and we do all these things because we want our identity to be stolen. The other day, uh, I shred at home. We shred at church. But I'd gotten this really nasty box at home. It was so big, it was going to take me hours to shred. And I'm thinking, man, I've gotten behind on shredding because shredding is not like my favorite activity, okay? And, you know, the machine overheats, and you have to stop, and it gets clogged up. So every once in a while, Max or somebody will say, shred day. And as soon as I saw it, ding, 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 it was was like somebody said, grace, grace. It's like so i drove over i sat in line 45 minutes there was more cars but the great thing is once i got up there they were collecting canned goods they were collecting uh, all these things so the montgomery food bank was really enriched that day and then i got up there and i gave them all this stuff and the great thing is they have these monster shredders and it just happens immediately and i'm like man this is awesome but but as i look at that i just think about here who we are what God's got for us here. Now, I want, but this identity theft, as I think about this, sometimes we don't know, so we protect our identity, but then sometimes our identity, our true identity in Christ, we are a saint in the beloved, we're a saint in Jesus Christ. We let that get ripped off, and we don't, we don't act like we know that, or we don't practice that, or we might know that positionally, but relationally we don't live it out. Practically we have nothing to do with it. My prayer is that 2018 will be a year that you know you're, proper identity that you're a child you're a son you're a daughter of the most high god can i hear a big amen that's good news man to know your identity you're not a pauper you're a child of the king you're like okay well keep going pastor all right all right so all right now look here that's verse two look at verse three praise be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in christ and he goes on and on you see when scripture was given it didn't have verses we came up with verses years later so we could like it was easier for us to read and find But basically, Paul is the king of a run-on sentence. If you look at it in the Greek, basically it is a 200-word run-on sentence. How many of you remember being in English class and you were learning to write papers and when you did a run-on sentence, your teachers went, very good job. They did not. What did your teachers do when you had a run-on sentence? You talk to me. What did they do? somebody said man all i know is i had read on my paper all the time that's why or they said this is called a comma this is called a period this is called an exclamation point this is called a semicolon this is called something we're going to break the sentences up hey i am verbose don't say amen and i understand and when i write i have a tendency to want to write long and then i have to go back over it and go I have too many thoughts here. I need to put a period. I need to stop it. I've connected too many thoughts. When you read some scripture sometimes, it goes on and on and on and on. You go, Paul, dude, take a break. And the church said, yeah. So here it is. But basically, verse 3 and following, just write in your notes, doxology. He's given up praise to mighty God. He's talking about how much he loves God. It's really a beautiful thing here. And so I'd write this word down. He would go, I am rich in Jesus Christ. I have been chosen by God. Verse 3, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I love that. And let's keep going. In love. Verse 5, here it is. Circle it. He predestined us. Somebody just went, oh, heck. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will so to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have what redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding and he will make known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And how many of you right now, the dude needs to learn punctuation. He was brilliant. Paul was such a writer of the gospel, such a writer of God's word. But I think he was so moved by the Holy Spirit, he just wanted to declare the excellent name of Jesus. So I think Paul understood, and he's going to try to teach us, the, the Lord is, that we are rich in Christ. We're inheritors of the kingdom. I don't know what your inheritance has been thus far or what it might be or what you are going to leave as an inheritance for the people that uh, follow you because you precede them in death. I don't know. But here's what I know about the inheritance of Jesus. It's like this. The bank calls, and the bank says, Jesus just paid off your mortgage completely. It is paid. There's no more debt. Your debt is canceled, paid completely. Uh, The Greek word would be telesta. It is finished. How many are excited about when Christ says, I have paid your ransom, your debt in full. It is no more because of my blood. How many get rejoiced in that? Now, is your bank going to call you this week and go, you know what, I was thinking about you, Robert, and I just wanted to call and say your mortgage has been wiped out. You and tell us, oh, no more on your house. What would you do, Robert? Pro- no, would you would not buy another one. You'd probably have a massive, you'd be like, man, this must be a mistake, you know, or like, what happened? but it's good news and it's been paid it's like the word he uses this word i want you to go back up here he goes praise be the God the father who has blessed us draw a little square around the word blessed us see i love it see i'm i'm checking your bibles and i'm checking them twice if you die before me and i do your service i want to look at your bible and there's nothing that gives me greater joy than to see you walk in the truth but also to see that you have marked the truth and you have looked at god's word and I, I i mean look at my bible i love this i love the color and mark it and look at things and i want you to look at the word blessed us the the word would be eulogized have you ever heard of eulogy before if you've been to a funeral you have and see we eulogize the dead we bless them we praise them and actually that's kind of a neat part of the service i I mean, funerals are hard, but also it's a great time to give affirmation. And when they have faith in Jesus Christ, it's a great time to celebrate their faithfulness to Christ. We eulogize. But here he goes, they're blessed, they're they're eulogized. It's it's just an incredible state that God has for me and you. That they've trusted Christ, uh, that they've, they've bought in, they've embraced the divine mysteries of Christ. Do you think there's mysteries in your faith? There are. There are things that we know in part, but one day we shall know in full as we see him as he is. It's like fraternal secrets. If you were ever a part of the Greek system at your university, you learn handshakes and words and stuff, and we'll leave it alone, okay? And there was an inner order of how that system worked. And in Christ, it's like God begins to reveal not all the mysteries, but he begins to reveal mysteries to our hearts, to our spirits, to our minds in Christ. And and we're privy to that because we're his. I'm grateful. I, I thought about this this week as I was talking about this inheritance and I was thinking about the riches that I have because Christ has made deposits on your part and mine. And he goes, blessed is the Father in heaven. I have a friend for over the last 40 years, and I remember one day we were talking and I noticed he, was a, he had a little bit of money. He, he wasn't showboat or anything, but I just, he just seemed to never struggle, and he just seemed to have a little money and he could do extra things. This is like 40 years ago. And we were talking one day. He says, Keith, I want to tell you something. He says, i am not really shared this with many people. He says, uh, On my honeymoon, my wife and I left the church, went on our honeymoon, and he says, uh, we, we went to our place and says, We walked in the room, and my wife says, I need to talk to you. He went, Uh oh. You know that's a little scary you're on your honeymoon your wife says i need to talk to you She goes, i need to talk to you She says i've never told you this before but i'm very very wealthy and i've not told you because i didn't want you to marry me for my money and i didn't want you to know that well i had money but we got money baby and i see how much you love me so i just want you to know from this day forward i've taken your name you now have a trust man is that a good story It's a true story. Now, I'll never tell you who it was, but I know this person, it's neat. They're they're a deep follower of Jesus. Why don't I tell you that? Because that sounds pretty good in the natural, doesn't it? Like, man, I kind of like that story. But here's the deal. In Jesus Christ, you're so much richer than my friend. He's a pauper compared to what God has given you in his son, the beloved Jesus Christ. And the church said a big hey man man you have so much in christ forgiveness of sins that he's lavished on us we'll look at this so he he says here that we dwell let's just look here fill in the first point verse three the heavenly realms in the heavenly realms now i don't totally understand that i've I've tried to read it i've tried to break it down i don't know it's, it's it's unbelievable we're we're blessed beyond comprehension in the heavenlies I like what Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord your God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. You have a, a pure, holy walk, a desire deep within you. You're blessed in Jesus Christ, and God has something for you. I've talked about the community of Ephesus, and we read about it in the book of Ephesians. But if we turn over to Revelation It's not Revelations, but we say revelation. We turn up to the Revelator. As we turn there, what do we see? We see the church of Ephesians being brought back up again. And he says, and Jesus speaks this time, not Paul. He goes, I have many good things to say about the church of Ephesus and their labor and how they've strived and they've worked to exhaustion, and and how I love you and, and all these great things. But then he says, but I do have one complaint you have left your first love you've walked away so here's what i'd write in the margin today just to think about it if your love has grown a little cool in 2017 i pray that by the spirit of the living christ that he would ignite you and me with deeper passion in our hearts for 2018 to not walk cool but to walk hot to walk fired up to walk passionately about the things of the lord jesus amen and God wants us to run after him. So he's saying, be careful, church. Look at the next point. The believer's destiny here in verses 4 through 5. He says there, basically, we're chosen, we're predestined, we're adopted. I like that. Chosen in Christ. We're chosen for him. Now, as I get on all this, and you talk about predestination, and you talk about Calvin and Arminian, and you don't see Calvin or Arminian in, in the Scripture. It's just theological terms and people that we've attached, their teachings. But basically you talk about these these things have been predestined and then you know there's camps that just they just they build their whole doctrine their whole faith on that and then you have the arminian camp and and they dig hard on free will how many of you believe god is sovereign this morning raise your hand how many of you got believe god gives us free will raise your hand now wait a minute are y'all both right absolutely now, I'm going to try to walk through some of this, and we could, we could create a war, but we're not. But it's this divine, holy mystery that God has predestined beforehand, before the foundation of the world. God has chosen us. God has adopted us. Do you know who came up with adoption? The Father. I love adoption. In this church, we have had international and national adoptions in the last 22 years. And it has been beautiful when people have taken on a new family, a new name, a new identity beautiful but adoption started with the father god grafts us in to the family of god through jesus christ he he chooses us i I love this whole thing these spiritual blessings that center on the person of christ that that the son enters into a broken world called christmas to direct to rescue us from the dominion of darkness now this sovereign god and and you can go down these different camps and you can just go well god is sovereign god knows everything he's omniscient absolutely he is and you just go well there's no reason to share my faith but then we can read all these other scriptures and it talks about that he wants us to come to faith and he says whomsoever whosoever believes whomsoever and whosoever do you just want to write those words down on your notes i love that i'm a whosoever do you think you're a whosoever whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have what I think somebody preached on that last weekend. I I listened to it on the podcast this week. Good good job, Derek, if you're listening. I'm saying that because sometimes you just listen to our messages here. But listen to this. The Psalm 115, 1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and because of your faithfulness. God, you are good. You see, who chooses? Did God choose me or did I choose God? The answer is yes. By faith, we live in the mystery, in the divine tension of Scripture. I've been teaching that around here the whole time, that there are many... Tensions in the scripture that we don't get it all figured out on this side but it's okay and in these divine mysteries uh i, I just think of several things that people have dealt with over the years as they've tried to deal with the, the mysteries of christ sometimes we we think we've got it all figured out sometimes we're like, well i don't have it all figured out aren't you glad you're not god <laughs> i mean if anybody came to me and says pastor i have figured out every divine mystery in the scriptures I'd go man you're deceived like you you have not you probably have a lot of knowledge of the word of God you have a lot of understanding of things of the spirit God's revealed so many things to you but there's a mystery it's beautiful here Um, Spurgeon he once said that God predestines and that man is responsible are two things that few can see they are believed to be inconsistent and contradictory but that is not true it is just the fault of weak judgment. Two truths that can't be contradictory to each other. They're, you see, it's like, all right, I know how I can do this. I'm trying to think of how I could illustrate this. Okay. We, I know y'all are looking at me. This, I almost did it in there, but I'm afraid I'll fall and break my neck. And I don't want y'all to call Don and say he was preaching and he broke his neck. Okay. See, we're down here on this plane, right? And we can get these truths from God. And and I could just start walking through all these scriptures and prove this side. Then I could prove this side. And you go, man, I'm really confused. But what I want to do is I want to elevate my position, okay? It's okay. I'm heavy. All right. And don't, don't remember the heavy. Remember the truth. I elevated myself over the position I had down there. Do you see that God has a higher view? Do you see that God has another dimension than we know of? Amen? But you see, in this reality down here, we're trying to figure it all out. And this camp's fighting, this camp, and we're, and it's like, oh, man, I get a headache. It's called seminary, okay? Then I think God is higher than any of our realities. He is a higher new dimension, and God will settle it all in the end. And the church said, I took some very deep theology, and I tried to diffuse it so we don't fight, okay? And some of you went, hey, that helps. Some of you are like, I don't like that illustration, but okay. So let's keep going here together, okay? Tension, uh, sovereignty, free will of God, they're both there. Let me just get you to write down some verses, and we won't cover them for sake of time. I want you to write down. John 6.37, John 15.5, John 3.15. Then you write down 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Just write these down. If you've got some questions, call me, email me. We'll try to talk about that. But I love this. Spurgeon, one time, I like what he says the whosoever are the people that can come in and be saved. He says, One went in the open door and they believed. And they went in, there was a banquet table. And they went in and they had their seat. And they saw that their name card was there. And they said, I'm secure. And it was good. But then as they got up to leave the banquet table, They turned around, and there was a sign over the door that said these words: "You did not choose me, but I chose you." (laughs) And I know you're going, "Huh?" All I'm telling you is, some of these mysteries of Christ are so hard to communicate but i think a lot of its on purpose all knows that whosoever will come whosoever will believe on the lord jesus christ and repent of their sin they will have eternal life is that great news church we all can be saved through the way of jesus christ through the precious blood of the lamb it's a uh, it's it's this truth that i'm talking about today it it bothers our mind but it blesses our heart that's what I hope you walk away here today, just saying, Lord, I want to rest in you. Now, let's keep going here. They've been adopted. This whole thing, being adopted, you know, when we adopt, we, we, we make a choice. People, you know, sometimes I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I'd have kids come to me Sometimes they go, my mom and dad told me on my 12th birthday that I'm adopted. I oh, man, great. Now you're in youth group and i got to deal with it. And, and I'm serious. And some of them would come and they'd have, they'd go, man, I love my mom and dad, but I, I feel like they have deceived me and was I really loved. And I, I thought me and my brother looked different. And now I find out I'm not even in this family, but I am in this family. And, and, and girls really had it even tougher. Their identity would be so tough. And then I could remember listening to them and walking through. But then I'd go, but guess what? You were loved so much more than your brother. They chose you. They were stuck with him. And man, they go, oh, that's awesome. I'm going home and tell my brother they don't like him. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I was just trying to help them to be accepted and realize how their mom and dad lobbied, spent money, spent time, prayer. They love to have this kid. And I love all the time when I hear about, oh, some so is adopted. And I'm like, which one's adopted? I can't tell. And have you ever noticed how people adopt people in their family, how they begin to look? like their mom or their dad or their brother or their sister i just think it's the coolest thing that god does it now anyway let's keep going so we receive an inheritance here we get adopted we receive an identity Um, we receive the full rights you see uh if you adopt a child does that child get get to be a part of the inheritance yeah do they get to eat at the table no when we adopt kids at our house they have to eat in their room you do not I mean, they have all the way. Today, I love it. Adoption is so popular in this decade. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm out uh, in places in Montgomery, and I see tribes. I see red, yellow, black, and white. They are all precious in us. It's so cool to see families of multi multiple ethnicities and color. And, and like I was, uh, I ran over somewhere yesterday and I saw this table and it was full of just different diverse people and they were all a family. And I just went, man, this is so awesome. And it's really that, it's the plan of God. Adoption. Let's keep going here. I, I just, I hope you'll, you'll see that we're adopted in the beloved by the unmerited favor love of Christ that we come. He justifies. Look at this next one. Celebration of God's grace, verse six through eight. Move here with me. I, gotta, I can't even hardly read up here. So to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us and the one he loves in whom we have redemption. I love that. Redemption bought back, bought by the precious blood of Christ through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So there's those riches, those, those deposits, that, that wealth that God gives us. But I want you to see this next part. I love verse 8. That he lavished on us with all wisdom. Lavished. Uh, one translation says he lavishes his love, he shares his love. God's lavished his love on us in Jesus Christ. Uh, he's, God has, it's like this, God has emptied his savings account out on your behalf and mine that he could buy us back by the blood of jesus man i love that sometimes when people adopt people in this world they spend great sums of money they emptied their bank accounts to adopt a child i know many people that have gotten international babies and when they do that it's not uncommon to spend 20 and 30 thousand dollars to to get a child and then sometimes they'll go back and they'll get a second or a third child it's just so they'll empty everything because they want this child to be have their name and have their identity and to be a part of their family how many of you are just grateful for adoption this morning amen I mean, it's just god's plan man i, I love that i, I looked out there and I, I see uh bethany our executive director of uh, first choice and our whole thing is to rescue children from being aborted but also that they might have life, and that if somebody wouldn't keep them, that these babies might go on for adoption, that these babies might have a life and, and be raised to be full, responsible adults that follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, it's just God's ways. He's, he's such a great God. And so here in verse 70 talks about absorbing basically the wrath of God that we have coming by his precious blood that he that he buys us back he he lavishes he oh here'd be the other words lavished showered god showers his wisdom and understanding on you and me i love that look look at the last one quickly the grand plan it's a plan of god that he that he gives us wisdom and insight to know his will oh man I, <laughs> I I tell you, I've been studying this so much this week and I could talk on this for two hours. And so if you're interested, we could do that another day. But here's what I want want to do. I want you to film this message question and we're going to end right here. Jeremy, I'll come to the piano. Do I truly know how blessed, how rich I am in Jesus? Do I know how blessed, how rich, how wealthy I am in Christ? I mean, man, that's, that's what God has for us this morning. That, I, that you and I have been given an inheritance. And it's irrevocable. And it's in Jesus. And that inheritance qualifies us to be an heir of the kingdom of heaven. Man, that is, that is awesome. Because I and you deserve hell. But because Christ gives his life as a ransom for many, that all who would believe and repent of their sin and, and trust completely in the riches of Christ can be saved eternally and have eternal life in Christ. Psalm 37, 25 says, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread. Lord, this morning I pray that somehow we'll just begin to study these scriptures and see how you've lavished that understanding and will and, Lord, that you want to fulfill your goodwill and your good pleasure in our life. Let's, let's just pray together. And we're going to leave for this day. And Wednesday night we get to come back. Small groups. Oh, they're going to be amazing. And, uh, oh, one other person I want you to write on your sheet. Write down George. George Miller, Vicky's husband, is having surgery tomorrow. So please pray for George. Please, please let them know we're praying for George. Tomorrow is George's surgery, okay? Hey, let's pray together. God, it is always good to be with a family of faith, with the Christ Community Faith family, and for guests that have gathered in the room. And Lord, we need your riches, and we need to understand the riches of Christ, and we need to receive them and uh, just identify with them fully that we say, this is my identity. I'm a follower of Christ. Lord, teach us truth through this book that was written some time ago that we might have understanding of your heart and your mind and your spirit. Lord, lead us in the everlasting way of Christ. We didn't choose you. You chose us. You predestined us from the foundation of the world. And Lord, it is not your will that any should perish but ever all come to faith in Jesus Christ. So on this first Sunday of the year, Lord, if there's one that doesn't know Jesus, I pray they would make a a petition, they would cry out and say, Jesus Christ, save me, change me, give me life today in your name. Cleanse me by your blood and make me new. I want to live for you. In the name of Christ, that would be amen, okay?